Life is full of lost opportunities and painful regret. Have you tried something and failed? Do you need a second chance? In tennis, you get a second chance to serve the ball. In basketball, a free throw is a second chance to make a shot. In football, the offense gets a second, third, and fourth chance to make a first down. But in the game of life, you don't always get a second chance. However, the God of the Bible specializes in second chances. Onesimus, a runaway slave and a cracked pot, received freedom, forgiveness, and a second chance because if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. I'm Ron Jones, and this is something good. He's a rather inconspicuous character in the Bible, almost never mentioned at Sunday morning worship service. But today, you'll hear all about him next, right here on Something Good Radio. Hello and welcome to another great day of teaching from Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm Brian Davis, thanks for stopping by, and today, Ron takes us to the third shortest book in the entire Bible, one chapter. 335 words, but it packs a pretty powerful punch. Stay with us here or stop by our new digital streaming platform at somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. You can also subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, or wherever you get yours. From his teaching series, Cracked Pots, How the Glory of God Shines Through Our Brokenness, here's Ron with his Something Good Radio message, Onesimus, freedom, forgiveness, and second chances. Matthew West is a Christian music artist. Some of you may have heard of him. He recently released a brand new song titled, uh, Truth Be Told. When I heard the song and went back and read the lyrics, I said, wow, this, this could, could be the theme song for our series, Cracked Pots how the glory of God shines through our brokenness. The song begins, lie number one, you're supposed to have it all together. And when they ask you how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. Lie number two, everybody's life is perfect except yours. So keep your messes and your wounds and your secrets safe with you behind closed doors. But truth be told, the truth is rarely told. I say, I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine, oh, I'm fine, hey, I'm fine, but I'm not, I'm broken. And when it's out of control, I say it's under control, but it's not, and you know it. I don't know why it's so hard to admit it, but when being honest is the only way to fix it. There's no failure, no fall, there's no sin you don't already know, so let the truth be told. Isn't that a great, great song and great lyric? for the series that we're in because we're, t- we're talking about how, how we're all cracked pots. In fact, six weeks ago, we began in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. Let's go back there and remind ourselves, and let's say this verse together. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 7, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Six weeks ago, we started with the idea 
that God is the potter and we are the clay. And uh, even when you go all the way back to the creation story, you remember from Genesis that we were, we were created from the dust of the earth and God breathed life into us. Uh, we are but dust, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Uh, we are created out of the dust of the earth, but we are created in the image of God. But in Genesis chapter 3, sin entered into the world and it broke the, the earthen jars that we are. And the rest of the story from Genesis 3 all the way through Revelation is the story of God's redemption, His redemption story, and how, how He fixes what is broken, and how He uses and finds useful and beneficial and profitable what is broken because His power shines through, or rather flows through our brokenness, and His glory shines through our brokenness. This is the story uh, of Scripture. This is, uh, this is what Jesus did for us at the cross by paying the penalty for our sins and forgiving us and then picking us up as broken as we are and uh, using us. Uh, throughout this series, we've landed upon the lives of various Bible characters, and we've learned that the truth be told, Moses was a crackpot. Truth be told, uh, Jacob, Jacob the cheater, remember him? He's a crackpot. King David of all people. Uh, David was a cracked pot. We also learned that Mary Magdalene, <laughs> she had her demons, didn't she? Seven of them to be exact. And she was a cracked pot. And today we come to a, a character in the Bible that maybe doesn't have a lot of name recognition, certainly not among the, uh, the, the Moseses and the Jacobs and the King Davids, but he's worth looking at. And there's a wonderful gospel story to tell here. His name is Onesimus. And we learn about Onesimus in a, in a tiny little letter, a very personal letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a guy named Philemon. Philemon was a member of the church in Colossae. He was a wealthy businessman, and yes, he was a slave owner, part of the Roman system of slavery, and Onesimus was his slave. Uh, historians tell us that there were probably around 60 million slaves in the Roman system. Onesimus was one of them, and he was a runaway. And apparently he stole from his master. He not only ran away from his master, but he stole from his master, and he ran all the way to Rome. He, he just tried to kind of lose himself in the sea of humanity in that, that giant city. But as providence would have it, his, his path crossed the Apostle Paul. At this time, Paul was, was in prison. He was under house arrest in Rome, and somehow, somehow Onesimus was brought to him. <laughs> and it shouldn't surprise us, the Apostle Paul led Onesimus to Jesus Christ. And then he was kind of in a, in a bit of a pickle because he knew that he should send Onesimus back to Philemon because Philemon, you know, had legal rights over Onesimus. But because of Roman law, if he sent Onesimus back, Onesimus uh, could be under the death penalty. Philemon could require that. And so what does Paul do? Well, he writes a letter to Philemon. And Paul could have used his uh, theological mind. He could have backed up the truck theologically and, you know, laid it on Philemon. He could have used his apostolic authority to tell Philemon what to do. He alludes to it. But that's really not his approach here. In this 
letter that only has 25 verses in the New Testament, Paul takes a very personal and heartfelt approach. He basically tells Philemon, listen, this man Onesimus, who did you wrong, who stole from you, who ran away from you, who, who, who left you uh, financially worse off because of what he did, he's now, he's now a believer in Jesus Christ. No, more, more so he's a brother in Christ. And he appeals to Philemon on that level. Receive him back as a brother in Christ. Forgive him, Philemon. It's a powerful story. Before we get to it all, we can say that Onesimus was, in fact, a runaway cracked pot. And he was broken by the cruelty of, of Roman slavery. He was also broken by some poor personal choices that he made that led to a life of thievery. And so he was broken in a lot of different ways. You could say, no, no wonder he ran away, but yet he also made some poor choices. But inherent in his name, the name Onesimus, is the divine potential that God saw in him and that Paul saw in him. Because see, the name Onesimus literally means useful or profitable. Philemon could have argued, because of what Onesimus has done for me, I have no use for this man. He's dead to me. And I have the authority as his master uh, to invoke the death penalty should he ever come into my presence again. But Paul writes to Philemon and says, no, this Onesimus, he's useful to me. He's now a brother in Christ. I could use him right here in my ministry, albeit from prison, but I want to send him back to you. And Philemon, he's useful. He's beneficial. He's profitable to you personally and to the gospel. Is there anybody like that in your life, maybe an Onesimus you need to forgive? We'll get back to that in a moment, but right now I want to dive into this very personal letter, letter that Paul writes, and I'm so glad the Holy Spirit chose to include this in the canon of Scripture for reasons that will become obvious as the message goes on. But this personal letter, known as the letter of Paul to Philemon, has 25 verses. You, you could read it in probably less than a minute and get a sense. Uh, again, it's a very personal letter, has some theological overtones to it, but it's mostly personal. I break it into three parts. In verses 1 to um, 7 or so, Paul basically says to Philemon, I thank God for you. Let's pick it up in verse 1. It says, Paul, the prisoner for Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister. Probably Aphia was Philemon's wife, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, probably their, their son, and the church in your house. As you see, Philemon was in the church in Colossae, and um, part of that church met in their house. We, we would call him today a life group leader. You know, Philemon's one of the guys in the church, and his wife and his family you know, have, who have made a home for part of the church in Colossae. Verse 3, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers. 
Because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints, and I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because of the hearts of the saints that have been refreshed through you. Paul begins in a very heartfelt kind of way, and he says, Philemon, man, I, you know, I, I love your faith. I love what you're doing in the church there. And, and, I, and I love the reputation you have of being a refreshing influence in the body of Christ. There's another time in Paul's writings, his second letter to Timothy, where he talks about someone who refreshed him. He says, uh, he speaks of a guy named Onesiphorus. I love that name. It just, just sounds refreshing, doesn't it? It sounds like a day at the spa, Onesiphorus. And Paul says, he refreshed me. You have, any, you have any refreshing people in your life? This is a good time of the year to thank God for them. Everybody needs a, a Philemon or an Onesiphorus or I even think of Barnabas, you know, the encourager. People who are uh, refreshing to us and who are a refreshing influence in the body of Christ. Be one of those people in your church. Be, be a refreshing influence. Paul goes on to say, not only I thank God for you, but now he says, I appeal to you. And again, he's not going to appeal so much on the basis of theology. He could back up the truck theology. We know Paul can do that. Just read his letter to the Romans or even his letter to the Colossians or the Ephesians or the, or the Philippians. I mean, you know, these were the prison epistles that Paul wrote, including this one to Philemon. He can back up the truck theologically and, they, and then make it very practical. He doesn't take that approach, nor does he back up his apostolic authority and say, Philemon, you better do this. But he says in verse 8, accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child, Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. What Paul is saying to Philemon here is, I, I led Onesimus to Christ. He's now my child in the faith. I'm his father in the faith. Don't go away. The second half of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Onesimus, Freedom, Forgiveness, and Second Chances, comes your way next. If you're listening to something good for the first time, keep in mind that all of Ron's messages are archived at our website, somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And when you stop by, use the Partner tab right at the top of the homepage to check out the 828 Club a special group of people who partner with Ron so that he can share the gospel through these radio and internet broadcasts. Join the 828 Club from our website or give us a call, 757-276-1099. Again, that's 757-276-1099. Onesimus was a runaway slave who had stolen from his master, Philemon. That's when the Apostle Paul writes Philemon and asks him to do the unthinkable. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, Onesimus, Freedom, Forgiveness, and Second Chances. And then he says in verse 11, Formerly, he was useless to you, 
but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. A play on words here because of the meaning of the name Onesimus, which means useful and profitable. Philemon might have thought, no, this guy's of no use to me. He ripped me off. He hurt me. He left my business in worse shape, not better shape. Paul says in verse 12, I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart, just dripping in in personal adoration here. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel, but I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but of your own accord. Paul is appealing to Philemon's good nature. Now, Philemon, you're a refresher of people. Certainly, you've got enough goodness in your heart to forgive this young man for what he's done, uh, this young man who has now become a believer in Jesus Christ and is your brother in Christ. Verse 15, he says, for this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while that you might have him back forever, no longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother especially to me and how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. Why was Paul saying, you know, if you receive him back as a brother in Christ, you'll have him forever? Because in the Roman slave system, a slave could actually, if he could raise enough money, purchase his own freedom. He may not be in the slavery system forever. And it was more like a system of indentured servitude. A bondservant was somebody who willingly chose to attach himself or herself to a master. There may be some financial benefits, some security for the family. Uh, Some people have compared it to a, a contract laborer or a contract employee sort of relationship. It was not without its harshness. Some masters in the Roman system were very harsh, but many were very kind, perhaps like Philemon. And it may have been that Onesimus, this indentured servant, had had broken his contract, broken his obligation, and then stole from his master and ran away. Uh, That seems to be the story here. But, But if he came back and didn't receive him as a brother in Christ, he may not have him forever. He may have him for just a period of time. And um, Paul was appealing on that level. He goes on in verse 17 to go from, I thank God for you. And I appeal to you. Now, now Paul does something that is, shouldn't be surprising, but it is. He, he now says to Philemon, I'll repay you for anything this man owes you. Verse 17. So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, listen to this, five words, charge that to my account. Are you kidding me? I, Paul, write this with my own hand. Yeah, believe it or not, Philemon, it's me saying this. I will repay it to say nothing of your owing me, even if even your own self. Yes, brother, I I, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. This, This is astonishing. Shouldn't be, but it is. But here, here this Onesimus guy, broken his contract, broken his obligation, stole from his master, did his master wrong, comes to faith in Christ in Rome through the ministry of Paul. Paul sends him back 
and appeals to Philemon and says, listen, out of the goodness of your heart, out of God's grace in your heart, receive him as a brother in Christ. And by the way, Philemon, charge anything he owes you to my account. And I don't want anything from you, Philemon. This is not a quid pro quo kind of thing, except that what I would like from you is for you to refresh me. That's all I'm asking from you. Just be a refreshing influence in my life as you receive him back, forgive him, give him a second chance, but charge it to my account. Paul goes on in verse 21, confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. At the same time, prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that through your prayers I will be graciously given to you. Remember, this is one of Paul's prison epistles. He wrote Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, the letter of joy under house arrest. And then Paul, while he's got a, you know, a plate full of his own troubles under house arrest in Rome, he takes the time to address a very personal matter here. I mean, who does that? Who, who does that? When, and, and who says to somebody, just here's my credit card, put it on my account. I'll pay for whatever he owes you. Verse 23, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ, Jesus sends greetings to you. And so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. If you have any doubts that the Christian life is personal and relational, well, just, just read Paul's letters. Yeah, Paul can back up the theological truck. He's precise in his theology about who God is and how he's revealed himself in the pages of Scripture. He can scrape the Milky Way, you know, as he writes his letter to the Romans, the Magna Carta of the faith, but he can get deeply personal, deeply, deeply personal, and he does. Life is built on relationships. Chief among them, our relationship with Jesus Christ. But make no mistake, we can never accomplish God's will without solid relationships with other believers. The Apostle Paul had them, Jesus had them. So should we all. Thanks so much for spending part of your day with us here at Something Good Radio. Today's message, Onesimus, Freedom, Forgiveness, and Second Chances, along with all of Ron's messages, can be heard on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. Use the radio tab at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And while you're there, be sure to check out Dr. Ron Jones' Discipleship Coaching Experience, Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps. Join Ron as he takes you back to the basics of the Christian faith and helps you to fulfill the Great Commission by learning how to make disciples of others. To find Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps, look for Something Good courses when you visit somethinggoodradio.org. Something good exists only through the faithful prayer and financial support of friends like you. And when you give your gift to Something Good Radio today, we'd like to offer you the complete audio download of the series you're hearing now, Cracked Pots, How the Glory of God Shines Through Our Brokenness. Read the Bible and you'll discover imperfect heroes of the faith that possessed deep personal flaws and struggled to do what is right in God's eyes. In short, they were broken vessels, just like you and me. 
In Cracked Pots, Dr. Ron Jones scans through the lives of various Bible characters as a reminder that God is the potter and we are jars of clay, and how the glory and power of God shines through our brokenness. That's Cracked Pots, how the glory of God shines through our brokenness. Yours for a limited time for your gift to Something Good Radio. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456 or call our offices at 757-276-1099. There's something more going on here in this letter. Um, And I refer to it as the gospel according to Philemon. There is a gospel story going on here. And I don't know whether Paul saw it overtly or meant it subtly, but the Spirit of God certainly inspired him to pen this letter and to include it in the canon of Scripture. Somebody once said that, you know, you can go to any place in the Bible, any book of the Bible, any chapter of the Bible, perhaps any page of the Bible, and you're not far from the gospel, you're not far from the cross of Christ. And that's true in this letter. We're just a couple of steps away from the cross of Christ, and Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That Sunday, when Ron shares part two of his message, Onesimus, Freedom, Forgiveness, and Second Chances. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.